0: what's going on everybody welcome back to spoiler reels if you're new to the podcast welcome to spoiler reels i'm your host my name is angel and today as you already know i'm continuing the horror movie genre streak through november and i'm continuing with the third installment of this franchise as you already seen the title of this episode here and of course i had to uh I'm going to try to finish the this franchise as soon as I can and uh so that I'm able to rank them afterwards. As I mentioned before in the I think I want to say in the last episode or the first episode of of the of the franchise is that uh uh there's only one movie I won't be doing and that is uh, Seed of Chucky. I'm just not doing it. I won't do it. <laughs> I won't do it. Uh so, uh, before I get started, of course, spoilers everywhere. Um, uh, if you haven't seen this movie, uh, check, uh, pause it, check out the movie first and then come back and see if you agree or disagree with my review or my rating for the, for the film. So, uh, also, uh, check out my, uh, Instagram page, spoiler underscore reels. As I, as I mentioned before, that's where I put all the content out there. Uh, and you can message me there if there's certain movies you want me to re- or review or anything like that. Um you know more than happy to just uh uh i just want to make sure i'm able to as far as like streaming services and as long as as long as they're like on netflix Hulu, or something like that then I, i should be able to watch it so uh yeah with that being said let's get started and now we're pleased to win our feature presentation child's play three is the one I'll be doing for this episode here uh another another nostalgic film for me uh it's just one of those that I also watched as a kid as I mentioned like when I was a kid the first movie that I ever watched was um child's play that was the first movie ever. My mom just put it on because I guess I was either like a loud ass kid. I just wouldn't shut the hell up. And she decided to put that movie on and I was, uh, I was all in on it. And so, um, and it kept me quiet, obviously, because it kept, it kept my, uh, it got my attention. And, uh, and ever since then i just i just uh i've been a huge fan of horror movies and child's play was like i would watch child's play the number 1 but then when child's play 2 came out i that was on repeat a lot because as a kid i i wanted to see more chucky and as much as i loved the first one simply because you know like it was still scary to me child's play 2 was on repeat more simply because there was more chucky as i got older i obviously appreciate more of how and what what they did and how they did child's play the original i appreciate it more because as i mentioned they went the jaws approach you know not showing the shark a whole lot uh just glimpses here and there kind of keeping the the imagination you know uh throughout the movie like you know just like is, is he there is he not there like is that is that him is it not like you know just you know just keeping it very uh ominous and very mysterious and that's exactly why they did the first one like that and that's why i i still appreciate it till this day as i got older i i appreciate how they did that but obviously as a kid child's play too just showing a lot more chucky uh was what every kid would want especially back in the day like every kid in the 90s wanted to see more chucky and in child's play 3 they did they held they didn't hold back either they we saw a lot of chucky but only in child's play 3 is where we see or is where we hear more you know one liners from chucky you know i think this is around the time where uh they started pushing a little bit towards that that comedy uh, a little bit. Not not a whole lot. Like I, I mentioned, they they, they actually kind of pushed the envelope just a little bit in, in Bride of Chucky. And then they just kind of overdid it in Seed of Chucky. But Bride of Chucky is where they did just enough, but not enough to where it overpowers the whole movie. Or it's kind of like the, where it makes the movie very dumb. It wasn't that, but... Here that we get one, you know, one liners here and there, but it's very subtle throughout the movie. But still that horror that horror is still there. And it was actually released uh, a year later from, from uh Child's Play 2. This one came out in nineteen ninety-one. Still rated R. Uh, it's about an hour and a half, obviously. These movies don't need to be more than more than two hours. There's really no need for it. IMDB gave it a five point one out of ten. Rotten Tomatoes is a twenty-three percent uh letterbox uh 2.6 out of 5. I also have letterbox if you guys want to follow me there. Um uh, I think it's just under my name, Angel Sosa, so I think you guys can see it there if um I should get more involved in the letterbox as well. Um uh, this was released on August 30th uh 1991, which is kind of weird. I you would think they would kind of put it towards the end of October, but I don't know. This was directed by Jack Bender. The budget was 13 million. And at the box office was twenty twenty point five million. So they, they got their money. Uh this was uh, uh the cast is Justin Whalen as Andy Barkley. The old it's obviously not the same uh, Andy uh the same actor that uh was that played Barkley in the first two movies. Um we got this other guy who was who was a little bit older obviously and that's kind of what they were looking for. Rad Dora of course reprises his role as as the voice of Chucky. Uh Jeremy Silvers as Tyler. Uh Donna S es- Escra as uh Ivers Ivers. Uh Well I, I kind of I I, I, I she reminds me of uh more of De Silva. And then Travis Fine as Shelton. Uh he's you'll hear a lot of him. Uh for sure. Uh, all right, let's get to Wikipedia here. Yeah, this was, and this is another one. I, like when I saw Child's Play, I saw Child's Play, Charles Play two. I liked the line, so I was like, I need more of Chucky. And uh, my mom rented out Child's Play three, and then this one also was on repeat because we just there was more Chucky. As I've gotten older, I realized that this movie obviously is not that great. By the time it gets to the third third film, you start kind of like throwing you know you start throwing something at the wall and see what it sticks and see what sticks out there mm-hmm. and child's play three as much as they try to you know do try to do as good as this uh, movie should should have been it does fall flat a little bit and I actually when once I've seen it as a as a guy and older. I realized a lot of the mistakes throughout the movie, and of course I didn't see it as a kid, all I, all I, as a kid, all I wanted to see was Chucky, and as long as I saw Chucky and the kills and all that shit, that's all, that's all every kid wanted, but as you get older, you start kind of realizing the mistakes, some of the, uh, you know some some of the decision making in the movie that you're just kind of like it's it's a bit of a head scratcher and you're just kind of wondering as to why they would do something like that but nonetheless to me it's still nostalgic obviously and that is why I still watch it especially around um around October around Halloween it's just one of those that it's just for me it's somewhat of a tradition uh I must see halloween movies except for resurrection and i gotta see child's play movies except for Seed of chucky so child's play 3 is a 1991 american slasher film and the third installment in the child's play film series the film is written by don mancini of course uh, and directed by jack bender brad dorff once again reprises role as chucky from the previous film while New cast members include Justin Whalen, Perry Reeves, and Jeremy Silvers. Although released only nine months after Child's Play 2, the story takes place eight years following the events of that film, and one month before the events of Bride of Chucky, which was made seven years later. It was uh, executive produced by David Kirshner, who produced the first two Child's Play films. Released on August 30, 1991, in the U.S. by Universal Pictures, Child's Play 3 received generally negative reviews from critics and disappointed at the box office. I wouldn't say disappointed. Grossing only 20.5 million worldwide against a budget of 13. To me, I think that's a success. I mean, you you what like what is what was Universal expecting? Like Child's Play 3 at this point. Like people already know what they're getting themselves into. This is not like yes, it it was a successful franchise, especially the first two films. But after the third one, it's like people start getting a little tired some of it. And um, and like I said, story wise, I guess is what people what kind of threw people off. And you know, it's just not the same cast anymore. You you cast someone else outside of. Uh, outside of uh the original uh uh Barkley and and uh and but rightfully so in this one he's supposed to be a teenager around this time he's still somewhat of a kid so uh of course he's not going to be able to play this role so it was obvious that they were they had a recast uh, the film became notorious in the UK when it was suggested it might have inspired the real life murders of British children, James Bulger and Suzanne Capper, suggestions suggest rejected by office, officers investigating both cases. Ooh, I didn't know that. Uh, let's get to the plot here. Eight years after Chucky's second demise, the Playpals company resumed manufacturing Good Guy dolls. And reopens the abandoned factory. Let's let, let me get this straight here. And, is it, and I, as I mentioned in the last episode uh, when I did Child's Play Two, I like the how they how they started this movie. The way they started this movie is the abandoned uh, Child's Play factory, where you just see it's completely abandoned, which is a bit a bit trippy because normally when it's abandoned a fact a factory that big when it's abandoned they don't really clear house they clean out and everything and all that stuff instead child's play three it's like they just they just left everything there so i'm also thinking like did they leave that that guy the guy that got freaking stabbed with those eyeballs did they leave him there like like because everything was everything was abandoned but like no one placed a bid on them it says it's been eight years. You mean it's been eight? It's been abandoned for eight years. You mean nobody wanted to? I get there was some like there was a death there and all that stuff like that, but eight years, and they just left everything. They left all the plastic dolls. and left everything that happened in the in the second movie there, and it's just it's just been sitting there, you know, catching, you know, it's just full of spider webs and it looks old and dusty. And but it, that's exactly how it starts off. It starts off with like i guess someone event- like uh play pal's company eventually reopened i guess, and uh they started you know cleaning house basically um but you can tell too like play uh uh play pals company is a shady company because we already met the owner from the second movie, and we know how shady he is i mean he doesn't even give a fuck that his uh his protege from the second movie passed away. Like it didn't even look like he ended up, he ended up recruiting someone else. Like you can tell he's a piece of shit clearly. And, uh, but I like how it starts. Like they pick, they eventually pick up the old, uh, Chucky body. Uh, they picked it up with the, with the crane and it's, and it stabs on the side of the, of the body lifting it up and then, trying to put it somewhere else, but it, it's bleeding. It's bleeding. And it free, the blood basically lands on this fucking thing where they make the plastic dolls. And, of course, that blood uh, eventually goes into the new the new Chucky, which I thought was pretty cool. I actually liked that start. I was like, oh, that's how it began. Like, it's just, all you got to do is just kind of, the blood kind of just turns over to the new plastic doll. And then you just see how it's made completely, like, Throughout the the intro, how it's made, how it's cleaned up, and all that stuff, and then all these, all of a sudden, you just you hear Charles Lee Ray saying no, and obviously because he's like fuck, I'm back at this in this fucking doll, and and then of course, uh, it cuts to uh PlayPals Company with their with their CEOs and and their supervisors and all that having a meeting about reopening. And a splash of blood from Chucky's corpse is inadvertently mixed in the in with the plastic bean, as I mentioned, used to produce the dolls, reviving him in a new body. Chucky is given to PlayPal CEO Mr. Sullivan, who I mentioned. Um, Chucky strangles him to death, then uses his computer rec- uh, records to locate Andy Barclay. Uh So yeah, they gave him the the first manufactured Chucky, which is charles lee ray and they give it he takes it home and at home you can just see how he has all these fucking toys uh surrounding him in his in his apartment and it's just kind of like do ceos really do that like or is it because like you know he was maybe fascinated by toys as a kid that he that's why he he is the ceo of a, of a toy company and he has all this stuff around but it just seemed a little too much i didn't i didn't think about it at first as a kid but now as i got older i was like what ceo especially for the guy that looks like in his 70s maybe why does he have all these toys in his in his in his house you know it's just it was weird at first uh once i saw it again i was like why does he have all that stuff And, of course, uh, he starts seeing that all the toys are kind of coming to life and everything. And then uh, he has this other Chucky doll right there. And he has two Chucky's. So I don't know why they gave him the uh, first manufactured copy of, of Chucky when he has two of them in his house. And they're basically kind of talking to each other. It's like, you know, like, because they hear their voices, they automatically talk. Thinking, that's when we start, he starts kind of thinking like, what the fuck, you know, and. But then no, once he turns around, he gets basically hit in the head with a golf club from Charles Lee Ray, actual the actual Chucky. And he realizes like holy shit, he's alive. And Chucky this is where we start getting a little bit hokey, where Chucky starts throwing darts at Sullivan uh on his back and basically put him to his knees and uh he starts that's when he starts strangling him with uh, I believe uh either a wire or a rope or something, but, you know, like, he has enough strength to basically uh, uh, choke him. And uh, and then another thing, too, is how does, how does Mr. Sullivan even... I get it. He's a CEO. He's a powerful man, I guess. But the fact that he has, like, records of where Andy is located, where he is, and what happened to him, I guess, technically, I guess it makes sense in a way because... Andy Barkley almost bankrupt this, this company because of the claims of that the the the, the doll came to life and everything and kind of set them back a little bit. So maybe he kept an eye on them, but it was a, it was a trip that he had, uh, you know, all the records and everything about him. Now 16, Andy has been sent to Kent Military School, a military academy, after he failed to cope in several foster homes. Uh, Colonel Co- Cochran, the school's commandment, com- commandant, advises Andy to forget his fantasies, air, quote, uh, air quotes fantasies, about the doll. Andy befriends cadets uh, Harold Aubrey Whitehurst, Ronald Tyler, an, an eight-year-old cadet, and Chris, uh, Kristen Da Silva, for whom he develops romantic feelings. He also meets Brett Shelton, a sadistic lieutenant. Colonel, who routinely bullies the the cadets. So, I don't know what the problem is with a lot of people, because I've seen a lot of reviews about this movie, and a lot of them say that they do not like the setting, the fact that he is in the military. I'm okay with it simply because and it also makes sense to me at least the fact that he's he has failed foster homes. Nobody wants him, especially especially after the, the uh move uh second movie where his foster homes were murdered like were murdered. No one's gonna want him after that. And then they check the background about this killer doll and all like no one wants him. Eventually, he's getting older. Foster homes know that they cannot adopt him. What's the next move? Take him to military. Strain him up in a way. And that's where they're going to go. And so that's why he's in the military. To me, it makes perfect sense, I think. Like, what else are they going to be able to do? And I get that they were like, well, Kyle in part two, was she was like 16, 17, heading into 18 years old. I was like, yeah, but she never had that background like Andy did. Andy having that murder chi- murder doll and everything like that just would not sit well with other parents. Unlike Kyle's just like she's just a rebel, she smokes cigarettes, she sneaks out. That's typical teenager shit. But when you have a background of like a child doll that he was to blame he blames a child doll for murdering or for like you know putting his mom in 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 psychiatric help and all like that. that's and then the fact that the the foster parents that adopted him ended up being murdered and still blames it on a on a doll it's just not gonna sit well so what are they gonna do just take him to the military so to me I think that makes perfect sense I I think it makes a, a lot of sense they know they're not gonna be able to adopt get this guy to adopt but not only that the 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 lady that that was responsible for him uh to try to uh, find up a a home for him uh was murdered so it just it it, it just obviously andy was just not going to get any family so um uh so the Fos the military academy thing just makes a lot more sense to me and he's older and the fact that he he uses these skills that that he learns throughout the uh military is enough to kind of be able to stand up for himself against Chucky, which I thought was um, was good. I thought it was a good idea. I, I I never I never understood why people hated on it. I honestly thought it just made sense to me. It still does. Uh, Tyler is asked to deliver a package to Andy's room. Uh, Tyler realizes that the package contains a good guy doll and takes it to the cellar to open it. Chucky bursts from the package and is incensed to find Tyler instead of Andy. But remembering he can possess the first person who learns his true identity, tells Tyler his secret. Before Chucky can enact the ritual, Cochran interrupts them and confiscates the doll, throwing it into a garbage truck. Chucky escapes by luring the driver into the truck's compactor and crushing him. Another... (laughs) uh, Yeah, so... He obviously Tyler's an eight-year-old kid. He does. I you would think still at an eight-year-old, you would think like holy shit, what I'm watching is what I'm looking at. A live dog would be scary enough, but I guess not to him, especially because he's seen commercials of uh ch- of of Chucky, and that they're reopening and everything. And of course that gave uh Andy a PTSD moment because he saw it while he was getting a haircut. Which by the way. The whole point of getting a haircut is to get his fucking hair buzzed off. He still has like somewhat of long hair. And even the barber tells him like, you know why they don't they don't want you guys to have long hair? Is because they don't want like the uh your enemy uh coming from behind and grabbing your hair, pulling your hair uh pulling your head back and slit slitting your throat. He still gives them a nice fucking haircut. As he's not buzzed. He doesn't have a he's not shaved off, he's not bald, like he still has enough hair, which is I just thought was funny. But anyways, he sees that and he's amazed by it. So now that he knows that it's it's uh it's a it's a good guy doll, he wants to keep it for himself. And of course, the yeah, once the uh Colonel Cochrane uh throws it into garbage, like the the uh the garbage guy, uh the driver hears Chucky Pleading for his life and everything, and he's like, "Holy shit! I didn't know someone's back there." And when he goes in there looking for him, Chucky escapes. It uh, goes into the front, front, uh, front truck and 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 turns on the compactor, crushing the guy. Um, and the guy obviously sticks his hand out, and that's how they see that that someone was crushed. And of course, that Andy was like, "Holy shit! Like, Chucky's back." That same night, Chucky attacks Andy and, tell, and tells him his plans for taking over Tyler's body, which I don't understand why Chucky would do that. Now now, now you, like, why would Chucky do that? Like, why, if anything, why would Chucky even bother with Andy? Like, why would he bother? And then not only, like, because he, he slices the back of his, his leg with a knife and then tells him, like, and then basically tells him his, his plan. But why would you do that? Why would you even bother with Andy? That whole time that you were bo- like messing with Andy, you could have been t- using that time to get uh try to take over Tyler's body. And instead he he explains everything to Andy. Now Andy knows, and now Andy is going to try to fucking spoil uh Chucky's plan. So Chucky really fucked up right there. I have no idea why he did that. Before Andy can fight back, Shelton comes in and takes the doll from him. Andy then sneaks into Shelton's room to recover it, but Shelton awakens to confront him, only to find that Chucky has vanished. Suspecting the doll was stolen, Shelton forces all the cadets to exercise as punishment. Chucky attempts to possess Tyler again, but they are interrupted by Da Silva and fellow cadet Ivers. Later, a knife-wielding Chucky surprises Cochran, unintentionally shocking him to a uh, into a fatal heart attack the next morning andy tries to convince tyler that chucky is evil but tyler refuses to believe him meanwhile chucky kills the camp barber sergeant botnick by slashing his throat with a straight razor whitehurst witnesses that whitehurst witnesses this and flees that's another one uh, one another one-liners um uh, or not not just one of them but when he gave the uh, colonel cochran the um the surprise and he gets a heart attack. <laughs> this is where we get those one liners that from Chucky. He's like, You gotta be fucking kidding me. Cause he didn't realize that he was gonna have a heart attack, but he was an old guy. And he got he gave him a heart attack. And then of course when uh he slices uh Botnik's throat uh he slices and he's like Presto, you're dead because Botnick used to say, Presto, you're bald. But how did Chucky knew that? How did Chucky knew that was Botnick's you know punchline? You know, like his his one-liner. How did Chucky ever knew that? It just they, obviously they the the movie didn't care. They were just like, let's let's throw that line in to make it funny and whatnot. So um but Whitehurst witnesses that Chucky just says boo and of course Whitehurst freaks out and leaves. Which I I was like, okay, now, but then again, I guess Chucky realized, no one's going to believe you, bro, that you saw Chucky alive. And of course, and if he did mention it, and Botnick's body's dead, they're going to just pin it on Whitehurst. So Whitehurst was somewhat smart about that. Despite uh, Cochran's death, the school's annual war games are ordered to proceed as planned. With cadets divided between a red team and blue team, Andy and Shelton are both on the blue team. Chucky secretly replaces the paint bullets of the red team with live ammunition, which I thought was crazy as a kid. When the simulation begins, Chucky gets Tyler away from his team. Finally realizing that Chucky is evil, Tyler stabs him with a pocket knife. I just cannot believe Tyler eventually realizes that Chucky is evil at this point. You should know right away that this fucker was off from the get-go. Uh, because he always kept like cussing at him and everything like everything like that. Like, come on, man! And he's trying to play the same game. That's kind of like that's. But then again, he is an eight-year-old. But I don't know. Uh, yeah. Tyler stabs him and, and uh him with a pocket knife and flees to find Andy. Chucky then attacks Da Silva and holds her hostage. Chucky forces Andy to exchange Tyler for De Silva. The blue team and red team arrive on the scene. And open fire. Shelton is killed by one of the bullets fired by the red team. Of course, Shelton realizes that Chucky was alive. He's like, he's, of course, the one liner is like, hey there, soldier, Uh, or Addy's soldier. And Shelton's like, what the fuck? (laughs) uh, But once that happened, he got shot. But of course, the red team had no idea. The red team obviously thought they were just, uh, it was a paintball, but it wasn't live ammunition. Tyler escapes in the chaos. Chucky tosses a grenade at the quarreling cadets. Whitehurst leaps on top of the grenade, sacrificing himself to save the others. Here's the thing about here's the thing about Whitehurst. Whitehurst throughout the movie was completely an outcast. Nobody hung out with them. Nobody really talked to them. The Silva had like she felt bad for him and and like you know she felt remorsed about it, like pity for him but never really to where like the silver like try to hang out with whitehurst or like she never really did anything she's just kind of like oh man i feel bad for him but that was it that's as far as she ever went unlike andy andy actually did try to be friends with whitehurst and uh and and throughout the whole uh military academy everybody was like always like pushing him bullying him talking down him even even the uh even the barber, um uh the barber, uh what's his name? I can't remember, but the barber would even say, like, you're one of the sorriest, like fucking uh one of the sorriest, sorriest soldiers I've ever seen and all this, like and even even uh Shelton would say like you by far the the weakest and i like he was always being talked down. And then eventually he has like he kind of redeems himself to show people like I'm brave enough to sacrifice my own life to save the others, blowing himself up. Because normally, this is, and this is rated R, but even then, they couldn't even see, they couldn't show Whitehurst blown up into pieces because this is a fucking grenade. Instead, he just kind of like, they just blow his, like his stomach, but like his body is still intact. Normally, if that happened, you're in pieces. But they wanted to show that, they wanted to show Whitehurst's face and everything. And of course, he ends up dying. And everybody's freaking the fuck out. Even even Shelton's uh, right hand man, he was like, "Holy shit!" Like even so he started freaking out. Even though throughout the movie he was like acting like a badass, but then when he saw that, he, he, it freaked him out. And you know, and and he was like, "Holy shit! Someone called you know someone call an ambulance!" And he's like, "Oh my god!" And he looks like all freaked out. So it sucks that Whitehurst has you know. Watching Whitehurst throughout the movie, just being talked down and bullied and everything, and for him to go out like that, it sucks that he had to die, but he at least I think he at least went out you know brave, sacrificing himself to save the the other people who had never liked him, who always talked down who always bullied him, he sacrificed himself for them, and it just I think it would have been better if he had sacrificed himself for Andy instead. Cause Andy was the only one that actually like gave a fuck about him. And had he given his life for him instead of the other people that didn't give a shit about him. I think that, I think that scene would have been more meaningful. Chucky kills a security guard and, kid, and kidnaps Tyler. This is a, he ch- a, kills a security guard at this carnival that's close by to, to the uh, military uh, place. um, And, uh, and kidnaps Tyler, because he ends up showing, he's like, hey, look what I found, and he sees that it's Chucky, and you can tell that it's Chucky, because, uh, which was, I thought was a nice little, a nice little hint right there, is that he has a little bit of the paintball, the blue paintball on his face, and you know that that's actually him, and not just some, uh, some other copy that we've seen in the beginning of the movie, so I thought that it was nice that they added that little paintball on the side of that, showing that, yeah, that's him, because he was in that fucking place. Uh, Andy and the Silva pursue Chucky and Tyler into a haunted house-themed roller coaster at a nearby carnival called The Devil's Lair, which is fucking crazy. Because I now that I look at it, that fucking they they like there's no way in hell this is a this is a carnival where people just like you know they added that you know they just added a little roller coaster boom 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 boom. This fucking carnival, I know it's haunted house themed, but they like it looks like an actual theme park once they go inside it's a fucking theme park which no one in the right mind would have ever done that maybe maybe like a little bit but like this looks like a theme park like once you go inside it's like a theme park like no way in the carnival maybe even maybe less than half than that shit it would have showed but all of this i was like what the hell that looks crazy like I realized like it's a it's like it's like what a theme park would have done, not a carnival. And I thought it was hilarious, but I looked at it now like they would they would have never done this <laughs> at a carnival. Chucky shoots the Silva in the leg, she tells Andy to go and face him alone, and he manages to shoot uh off Chucky's left arm and in the chest, which stops him from finishing the voodoo chant to possess Tyler. Before Tyler and Andy can leave, Chucky attacks Andy, but Tyler gives Andy his pocket knife, which he uses to cut off Chucky's right hand. And, of course, real quick, guys, the reason why uh, uh, Andy was able to shoot Chucky, if you're wondering, if you haven't seen it, is because Da Silva, early in the movie, Da Silva actually teaches Andy how to shoot a gun, because they were in the shooting range, and Andy wasn't able to shoot uh, his gun right. Like, he didn't know how to shoot and everything, and the Silva, and this is where we get that that romance chemistry between them two uh, throughout the movie. But that's where it starts at the shooting range and her showing them, getting close to him and everything, showing them and all that. Before that, like showing like Andy realized he he was liking her when uh, the Silva did stood up for Whitehurst when, when Shelton uh, went off on him and the Silva was like, yeah, you asshole. And Shelton obviously made her do pushups, like 25 pushups. And then, like, uh, two two more, like, one-handed, and when she gets up, she kind of looks at Andy, and Andy was like, holy shit. Um, and then the second time is when uh, they were in the shooting range, and she ends up teaching them how to shoot and everything. That's why Andy was able to shoot Chucky's uh, arm and his chest. Uh uh, Andy, th- Andy then throws Chucky down into a massive metal fan That is part of the attraction Which is fucking crazy It's a huge fan Like how are they How was this carnival uh, Carnies and all that Able to set all this up is beyond me Shredding uh, him to pieces And finally killing him As Tyler and Andy watch from above Later Andy is taken away by the police For questioning While the Silva is rushed to the hospital As the carnival closes down of being unknown as to whatever happened to Tyler. Yeah, we don't actually know what happened to Tyler. And we, I, so the movie ends. And I'm assuming Tyler either got sent back to the military. Andy, who is used to be talking to the. Because she he even said, like, because uh, Da Silva says, Are you going to be okay? And, and Andy says, Yeah, I'm used to this. Don't worry about it. And it's true because Andy, throughout his the first two movies as a kid, he was always talking to the cops, he was always being questioned now that he's a little older we have no idea what happens to him after that because in *Bright of Chucky there is no Andy so from here on, from part 3 we don't actually hear about Andy until cult of Chucky um, so we don't hear about Andy so we immediately think he's questioned boom boom by that time he, he's, he's about to turn 18 soon at this point he's on his own and then uh, and then the movie's over so I'm assuming, De Silva goes to the hospital. Andy gets questioned by the cops. Tyler goes back to the military, and then it's over. So in a way, there's the only happy ending is, is that that Chucky died. But De Silva's at the hospital. Tyler goes back to the military, probably completely, you know, traumatized. And then Andy is questioned by the cops, and it's just. That ending and it just seems weird how they ended it because it just ends the carnival basically closing down and everything like that and it's over. So there's that ending is a bit of a throw off for any all of us. We're just like like just so many questions unanswered. But I, as I mentioned, I did like the military background for Andy as not only Andy was able to uh, Andy able to find. Uh, 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 A partner that he likes, you know, in Da Silva, but he also made a friend with Whitehurst, and, you know, also, and also, Andy also took that, that, that grown-up role, that, that protector role for Tyler. Now that he knows that Tyler is, is Andy as a kid, he now has the obligation to protect Tyler at all costs, as his mom did in the movie, in the first movie, and, Kyle in the second one. And so now he took he's he's taken that that responsibility grown mental, you know, like to protect Tyler and everything like that. So and he did his job. He actually did it. He really like he he stopped Chucky from from possessing Tyler and everything like that. So and so like I said, I like the fact that it's in the military. It makes sense to me, honestly. It does really make sense that he is in the military. Um uh, because no no foster parents are 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 wanting to take him. and so it it just definitely makes sense to me. So <coughs> excuse me. Um, as I mentioned, more Chucky, but way more one liners with him. And there's like a a lot of the stuff just does not make sense anymore. Like some of the scenes that I see, I was like, that just doesn't make sense. Like why would they do this <laughs> and all that's As I mentioned throughout the episode. It just doesn't make sense, but uh, it's still one of those movies that I still watch. Is it better than the the first two? No, I prefer the first two over the third one. And uh, but I think I think this movie um, completely gets either shit on or overlooked simply because of the story and and all that. And but I, I just think I just think it's not bad if you avoid some of the some of the. Uh, mistakes throughout the movie and again guys this is a horror movie a lot of horror movies especially in the 80s and 90s they have so many mistakes but some of them are you're able to overlook and i I overlook uh some of the mistakes in this one simply because i think it's i I think it's still a fun movie to watch um uh and it sucks that you know andy barkley is replaced by a new actor and everything which is okay as i mentioned in order for them to for to make the 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 military background work he had to be a little bit older at this at this time Andy was still maybe barely 10 years old maybe and so it didn't work so obviously he had to be recasted but I did like the 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 chemistry between him and the Silva I like the chemistry between him and and Whitehurst as I mentioned I think Whitehurst could have had a better death um in the movie, I think I think him sacrificing himself for Andy would have made more sense, instead of instead of him sacrificing himself for these people that never gave a fuck about him throughout the academy. So it just didn't make sense to me as to why Whitehurst would die for these guys that like who gave him shit throughout the whole time. And I get it; it's because he's always saying that he was he was weak, he you know this and that. You shouldn't be here and all that. So he wanted to prove to them that he he you know, he deserved to be here, but it just, it, it still didn't sit well for me, I thought had he sacrificed himself for Andy, it would have just made a better sense to me, um, Tyler, uh, the actor who played Tyler, um, his acting was not that great in this movie, but he was a kid, he was a kid, you, you can tell that he was definitely, uh, his acting skills were, were not on par, so, um, there's that right there. But other than that, guys, I think this movie, it's passable. I, it's a, it's somewhat of a, it's definitely a, a cult classic in a way. Um, I definitely prefer this one over Seed of Chucky, no doubt about it. I think it's still a watchable movie. So, um, if you haven't seen it and if you and you were going through the Child's Play franchise, I think I think you'll get a kick out of this movie. Uh, let's get to my uh, my rating here, guys. I'm gonna give this one. I'm gonna give it a six point five. So it is borderline. Obviously, the first two, I think I give it like seven point five eight because those two, I think were were way better. Um. Uh, but this one did did drop off a little bit. But still, to me, as I mentioned, I I, I get a kick out of it. I think it's still passable. It's okay. It's 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 not as good as the first two, but I, I think it's it's uh, good enough to just watch, just to get a kick out of it. So, all right, guys, that is it for my review for Child's Play three. Let me know on the Instagram page spoiler underscore reels what you guys thought of this movie, what you uh, what you guys give it out of one out of ten. Uh, uh, make sure you guys give it a like. Uh, make sure you guys let people know about this podcast too. As I mentioned, I'm trying to do as much as I can for you guys for this podcast here. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it, guys. I'll catch you guys on the next episode.